Blog Talk Radio. You're listening to The Catch with John Fisher on Blog Talk Radio, connecting life to faith. We're just trying to get it together, trying to help the fellow man, hoping we can make Yeah, well, you know what? I think we can. I believe we can. And uh we definitely can make it better. And uh that's what we're that's what we're living for. Um that's why we came to the Lord because he promised to make us better and then he allows us to be a part of making other people better. Not 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 making them, you know, better goody two shoes people, but healthy people coming back together getting getting a new lease on life getting a second chance and uh tonight on on Block Talk Radio on the catch we are going to talk uh to someone who's been doing that for a number of years with kids on the street and uh we have had uh this guest earlier but boy it's been I think it's probably been uh, over a year. I'm not sure how long, but it's been a while. And uh, I figured it was time we had him back. And so I've got on the other line, I have Robbie Goldwyn, who is uh, the founder and director of uh, Dry Bones Denver. And it's a ministry that works with street kids, most of them homeless. Uh, Robbie just had a heart for these kids and, He's developed a, a, a whole ministry around this. He's got a staff now, and we're gonna we're gonna find out about that uh, as he tells us. So, welcome, Robbie, to uh, the catch on Blog Talk Radio. Oh, well, that's very good to be back, John. I, I always love catching up with you and uh, and your listeners, and and just uh, I know the hearts of the people that uh, you connect with, and you were one that connected with me many many years ago through that uh I think now gone Christian magazine on your on your little article called The Last Page and so I just uh, <laughs> I've always appreciated you and uh and uh, I love uh, love what you're about and love connecting with you. Yeah. So that's where that's where we started, huh? Well, that's uh, where I PCM first read the name of John Fisher on the last page. You always <laughs> said the You'd read the whole magazine and then you'd read the last page to find out what you really needed to learn about uh, life. And I was like, look at this guy, John Fisher, on the last page here. So, yeah, I'd get the magazine. I'd just start at the cool. back and that's usually all I'd read. So, <laughs> so yeah, that was a, that was my first connection to a John Fisher. So that, was, that, was a, that was a neat oh, that's connection. Great. I'm trying to figure out when um, when did we actually meet. Do you remember that? Do you remember? Oh my goodness! I, I'm trying to remember. Well, I remember that your son Chandler was a little bitty boy. It seems like, okay. but it was years ago. You were yeah. speaking, I think, at Estes Park, at the uh, YMCA of okay. the Rockies, and um, you were going to then speak at uh, Colorado Christian University. And I went up to Estes and picked you up, 
I think that was our first face-to-face meeting we just discussed on email before that, but that was probably in two – oh, goodness. Wow. I don't remember when when uh, when 12 Steps wow. were covering Pharisee. When did that come out? Uh, oh, Just before boy. that early, book came out. Yeah. Mid, early oh, 2000s? 19, something. No, it had been yeah. earlier than that. Yeah, so Definitely. it was not it was um, after just after that that we we first started yeah. connecting. So yeah, wow. it's been a while. Wow. How cool. <laughs> Time flies, huh? It has been a while and and I just I've just uh, fallen in love with with your ministry. It's so unique and um and so necessary. Um and I'm just glad you're still going strong and oh, I'd love absolutely. For you to tell us uh, since it's been maybe about a year uh, since we've talked, tell us, you know, how have things changed in the last year in terms of, well, I'm thinking one in terms of the scene on the street, because I know mm-hmm. that's always a change, a changing, you know, morphing reality, but then, and as well, how is your, how would you say your ministry has changed over this last year? Yeah, this last year has been, it's been difficult in Denver um, for our friends on the street. These kids are, and older homeless as well. You know, we mainly work with kids anywhere 12 to 13 years old to in their mid to upper 20s who kind of all travel together within the city and sometimes around the country. But Denver has been, as you've probably seen on the news, just a super uh, explosion uh, with population. Mm. Uh, You know, we had the legalization Mm. of marijuana here. We've had other things that just really drove an economic uh, boom. A lot of different things have caused that. And and what that has done for the city has kind of been a a shock. One of the things they uh, enforced this year was a camping ban, uh, which didn't allow folks to camp. And their definition of camping was provide yourself shelter, which literally could mean cover up with a blanket. And so wow. they started enforcing that this year. They were giving just like warnings for a little bit. And this year they've really started pushing that. And so that has created a lot more concentration of folks trying to be together in numbers to hope that would help. And it's really caused our kids to have to move um, quite frequently. Mm-hmm. Um, there's no alternate places to go. There's no okay, you can't do this. So there was um, implementing a uh, a deletion of one thing, an aspect of being able to say you cannot be here with no provision of any kind of, okay, you can't be here, then be here. So that's created, wow. a, that's created a whole just um, avalanche of effects of, um, you know, lawsuits and all of that kind of thing. But then the the idea that we deal with work with most is the stigma and the worth and value, and I really think, I've always thought that's where Christ speaks so much to folks, not just taking care of their needs, but how, how Jesus speaks to the worth and value of all people. And and when things like that, that just has these kids question, you know, what am I worth? You know, I'm not worth, um, I'm not even worth laying down and putting a blanket over me. And and so we've had to really learn how to deal with um, with a, with something that we used to have, be able to spend a little bit of time developing, or you know, the relationship and the trust and things. 
has had to really be escalated over the last year to start off with, you are worth more than this. You you're, you have more value mm. than than someone telling you you can't lay down. And so it's really changed it's changed our approach in a lot of ways. Um, we've found ourselves being more of an advocate, you know, just just standing uh, and standing and saying we need to stand with these with these folks because um, mm-hmm. on those nights when it's zero degrees, it's 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 deadly. It's deadly, and when you've yeah. had your gear taken from you um, several several times, uh, the city finally did issue a, a decree to not actually take the gear, take the blankets, take the sleeping bags from folks. They were taking those as evidence wow. of the crime of camp. So at least until wow. April, they're holding off taking the actual items. And so that's changed. Um and so we've we've really uh, focused on on the, the hardships uh, of our kids. They're they're no longer to, able to kind of establish a little bit of a camp setting. They're having to be a lot more mobile. So that's changed. Mm. Um, the numbers have gone up uh, in the midst of this. Our numbers mm. of of young folks on the streets has increased. Um, after in our fifth, after fifteen years, we're seeing a marked increase in kids. Um, with this, you know, housing booms and economic booms, it all rolls down, and so there's no there's there's no affordable places to live. You know, in, in California, wherever, so it's kind of the same thing. Well, that effect really hit Denver this year. Uh, the apartment rates hmm. and such uh, just went through the roof. So we're working on housing. We've never really done housing before, so we're we're working on some on some housing to start providing some transitional mm-hmm. housing for young people to help combat this. Um, that's really wow. happening. Uh, yeah, this, this the street culture is changing. We're starting to 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 try to get our kids involved with the change, and and so that's been that's been really fun. Uh, taking kids to meetings with us with the city and to hang out with the business improvement district and say, you know, here's our story. And so that, that's been kind of fun. You know, it was, it was kind of forced. Okay. It's, been, it's been really neat to see those kids interact okay. with, the, with the businesses. So. so that's what you mean by being an advocate. Yeah, it's bringing, bringing their voices, letting their voices speak. I think that's something that, uh, that we really advocate for is saying, okay, uh, because I have a degree, that doesn't just mean I get to go speak at the meetings. It, because you're, a, you know, you're a human being. You're worth speaking here. And so having these kids come along with us to meetings and, and uh, being an advocate for themselves and being a voice, letting their voice and story be told, has really been important. And so the kids are really getting behind you, that. Wow. Are you finding that that um, you can affect? Uh, the change in their life that, that they can start to see uh, value in themselves. Have they, uh, do you watch that happen? Is that something you can really see? Yeah, it is. It's it's. And I think through relationship wow. you can you 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 get to see that. Um, you you watch these kids. Uh, we had our very first. Um, she's not a kid anymore. Her she's older than that. She's actually mm-hmm. married and all. But she she was a. A friend of ours for we've known her for about 13 years, and this year she served as a summer intern for us. She's in college, uh, and she was able to be an intern and be an intern on the uh, doing our street ministry with us all summer. 
And just to watch her tell her story, you saw that growth. You see the growth. You see that well, I, my value, my worth is something. And and I, I do believe, I believe with all my heart that the character that Christ came to show us, the true character of God, exposes that worth and value in all of us. And so hmm. it's just it's just saying, you know, that's not just a belief of mine. It's, uh, it, it has meaning. It has application to everyday life. And and being able to tell these kids, sometimes it literally starts, John, just saying, you are worth more than that. And then watching their story mm-hmm. develop. And then they'll, they'll, you'll hear, you'll actually hear kids say this. You'll have, hear them say, you know, I, I'm worth this. Or they'll act, you know, they'll say, I'm, I'm worth more than methamphetamine. I'm worth more than mm-hmm. what alcohol does to my body. And mm-hmm. it is so much a self-revelation, you know, it's just, it's amazing. Um, if somebody asks me what's the definition of being saved, that is always one of my first answers. It's when you realize the worth and value that we have, you know, that's when you wow. start saying I'm saved. And that and that's something after all these years I, I really see happening in this every in this pretty beautiful. much every day. You know, earlier today I talked to you with a young man who was shopping inside of a Walmart store. He he was not he didn't feel like that was something he could do. He didn't feel like that was something huh. he had value to do. To Jeez. go to a store with money in his pocket and purchase something. And huh. be a normal you know, what we would say just to you know, going to buy a pair yeah. of pants. So yeah, yeah, you see it every day. Pretty amazing. You know, I noticed Robbie, when you refer to these kids it seems like uh, you almost always re- refer to them as friends. Is that uh, yes. is that is that something you guys tell me about that? You know, you know uh, the friend the friend idea was was something that um, developed. We didn't we really went into this whole process not the program that was kind of the idea where we wanted to be the unprogram I guess and so we didn't bring a lot of terminology with us. And when our our friends started introducing who we were, that was the word they used quickly. They were ah. like, this is my friend, Robbie. And we're like, that's right, this ah. is my friend, you know. And so it, it became, you know, it wasn't, because we, we didn't give ourselves titles of case manager or pastor or anything. Mm-hmm. We just said, what are we going to be? Well, we didn't know. And so... We were like, we started figuring out what that meant, and it's it's both a compliment and a challenge to us, even as we bring new staff members on, is the goal is to develop friendships and what a friendship means. And so they these these folks are truly, truly our friends. And, and a friendship happens at so many different levels. You know, you can be a friend that's kind of an acquaintance, and we do have those. And we have trends that are truly our best friends. And so... It you know we we try not to we say it we try not to let it come out as like that's our program word, but it truly is a friendship um, that we you know a friendship that we try to develop, um, and 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 it also says there's no aging out, which we're having to figure out after 15 years. You know there's no how old is a street kid, mm. and because some of our friends are near 40 years old now, because we met them when they wow. were 25, and so. Mm-hmm. How does that 
look, you know, and, and, and so, yeah, being a friend is something that's, like I said, is a challenge for us to make sure that's the goal we're on. And it's also such a compliment and such a realization of, no, you don't, no, don't do that to my friend. You know, you, you, wow. <laughs> there's just, there's a sense of protection and a sense of love that comes with friendship. Um, and again, we, uh, we just see that mirrored in the way, uh, and his friends were, you know, they were, they were his friends. Um, I think discipleship works better when you say it's my friend. And that's, that's kind of mm-hmm. where our goal has been too. This is my friend. And this is the that's way so great. I, I love them. And so that, I, yeah, I, uh, I love the way it's, it's the way you pointed out it. It seems like they came up with this. This is, this is what mm-hmm. they called you. Yeah, and, absolutely. Uh, yeah. That's beautiful. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. We, we, well, we quickly, me... we quickly found out that we, the kids called us dry bones. You know, the dry bones came, we were thinking <laughs> our kids were the dry bones. They were the dry bones that needed the word of the Lord. And quickly they, the kids started saying, Hey, dry bones, how are you doing? We're like, Oh, we're dry bones. We need the word of the Lord. We're the ones that need to be knit back together. So it was quickly flipped on. Wow. Yeah. Well, isn't, and isn't that the way it is, though? Isn't that the way it is, Robbie? Whenever we, you know, we get paternalistic, or we think we're the mm-hmm. ones who are have all the answers, it doesn't it always seem to flip on us. It does. It it really does. It it, it when we figure out or think we've got this system established, and and still, honestly, I tell you, people will say, "What are you doing?" We're just like, "We really don't know." Well, we have a path and we have a thing, but we really don't know exactly what we're doing. It's not like we have an A to B. You know, you start here and you go from A to B because that's not the way we found life works. It doesn't work that way for me, and to try to expect that to work for one of these kids that have been homeless since they were eleven. I talked to a girl today. She she said, I've been homeless since I was 11 years old. And she said, walls terrified me for so long. I didn't, I didn't want to be inside of walls. So, so to say, okay, you need to get a job and get stable and do this when she's 18. She hasn't lived inside of a house since she was 11. And so she was terrified. So there is no direct A to B. So, yeah, it flips. You know, st- the word stability to her meant an, a, I have a tent this week. I'm in a tent on the, by the river. So you can't just say, oh, here's the way it will work. It usually gets flipped back onto you to say, well, no, that's mm. not the way it works. And so, and, I, and again, Jesus, I think, exemplified that, you know. He came, people came, and he was, they were thinking, oh, you're coming to, take care of the Romans, you know, you're coming to wipe them all out. And he's like, no, really, I'm coming to save them and us, you know. <laughs> and they're like, no, I want you to take care of this. And <laughs> kind of flipped it on them a little bit, you know. So wow. when you think you understand the character of God and then Jesus comes and says, this is what it looks like, and it didn't look like what you thought the character of God looked like, kind of what we found with these kids. And honestly, that's been our biggest challenge, John, even after all this time, is still redefining Christianity because these kids have have had a view of what Christianity looked like. And often it was not the best picture. And so, so much of what we do is redefining that 
Uh, and that's still today one of the one of the key things we do. One of the key components is helping redefine what that word means. And and that's that's been something we still work on even today. And so wow, that's it does fantastic. get pushed back on us. Yeah. Yep. Um, you know, I, I'd like to in in in, in, in the last. Uh, few minutes that we have um, I'd really like to make uh, valuable to everybody who's listening and um, mm-hmm. I, I'm thinking I, I'm thinking about when we as just average people encounter kids uh, on the street or, and maybe right. not just kids but homeless anything you know uh, uh, there's a there's a fear that that creeps in and mm-hmm. uh, you know we might we turn our heads or we walk on the other side of the street. Um, what, what is that? And what are some of the fears that we have? And, and, and maybe you can help us, you know, get a, get a handle on that and decide how, what we can do about that. Yeah, it, it's, it is valid. It's a real thing to, to, to watch and to see. Um, a lot of that, again, is, you know, something you'll hear thrown around is, you know, education and kind of, you know, finding out some of the things and, and, and having a conversation. Mm-hmm. Um, I say so much, um, the hardest part, well, usually the fears is I'm, I'm going to be asked for something. Um, and that's mm-hmm. hard because how do we give? Do we give, if I give a dollar or $2 or the the greatest commodity I feel like we all have is, is time. Time is something that we can give away. And it's amazing um, if you do something, anything for, I would say do something that you normally don't do for 15 seconds and see what that feels like. You know, if you don't stand in the mirror and stare at yourself for 15 seconds, don't do anything else. Just make eye contact with yourself for 15 seconds. It feels a little awkward usually. And sometimes that's what we're really afraid of is we don't know what to expect and so we don't engage the time that we have. Um, amazingly, when you just engage a little bit, because we're, we're afraid if we say no or they're going to just follow us, if, we, if you just take that chance, simply take a chance and say, I'm just going to make eye contact or smile or say, how are you doing? And realize what it means when somebody says, how are you doing to you? How do you respond and how valuable that is and how that makes you feel? Uh, we it does start with, um, for us, with the idea that all people, all human beings have unsurpassable worth. The problem is, the good mm. news is, we don't, the good news is to go tell them that. That's gospel. Mm. That's a gospel message. And so if you take the presence of saying, I don't have to convert, I don't have to give a dollar, I don't have to even buy a meal, it may lead to that. But as I encounter someone today, anyone, I'm going to have, I'm going to ascribe that to them. I'm, when they leave my presence, I want to ascribe the fact that they have unsurpassable worth. And that can be just through a hello, how are you? That can be mm-hmm. through whatever. And, I, and that's usually the first way of overcoming that fear, of that unknown moment, is to go and approach it and say, okay, as I come upon this human being that I know has unsurpassable worth, the probability is they do not know they have that. And so if I can, God, if I can ascribe unsurpassable worth in some way as I pass by this person, let me do that today. 
And that little prayer wow. leads me into conversations, leads me into places with confidence to say, I don't know what that's going to look like, but let me ascribe that on, let me write that on their heart just a little bit today. If I'm in my car and they're flying a sign that asks for change, if I, if I look them in the eye and smile, and, and when they see me smile, they know by that smile that I, I'm saying, you are worth something. You have unsurpassable worth. That has helped me to overcome some of those, I don't know what to do hmm. and what to say. Yeah. Um, are these kids that we work with, John, live in the shadows of our cities. They're all over the nation. Hmm. And they're, they're yeah. often seen with backpacks, and they look just like every other kid. And so it's sometimes hard to say this. Um, this is this person, this person. So it is just engaged, engaging all people. Um, when it comes to the homeless, I, today, l- lately I've been trying to drop the Article Z and say and that's become such a, um, a category of people, of the homeless. And so I've been trying to drop it uh. in my own vernacular and just say houseless or those without a house or those experiencing homelessness right now. Um, but instead of it just letting it become a category, that's another way to do it is, is try to avoid categorizing folks and building a stigma around things. And and then when we're around other folks, it's, it's just work hard to, to dismantle mm-hmm. stigmas. Dismantle, dismantle yeah. stigmas of addicts, you know, a drug addict. Dismantle that stigma. And so I think... Any of those approaches, if you just say, you know what, I'm going to dismantle the stigma that that person may possibly feel today, and uh, and and that's a, that's one way of doing it. Um, and and sometimes if there's a dollar, if you have a dollar, I'm never, I'm not saying not do stuff, you know, do something nice or buy a meal or, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. but have a conversation, you know, try to have a little conversation. Mm-hmm. It doesn't have to be hours, just two words, you know, that's something. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's like anything else. Practice. Practice it. You know? Yeah. Practice the conversation. Yeah. It's okay wow. to have a rehearsed little conversation in your head. Um, the, the great businessmen in the world, what do they tell you? Have your elevator speech ready, right? You should be able to tell your business in 30 <laughs> seconds. And, and business, business master's degree in business, so they'll practice your elevator speech. It's your greeting speech for people that you're uncomfortable with meeting. Practice it. Yeah. You know, it's okay. Wow. Just, you know, use that sincerity. It's really okay. And it's okay to say, I'm really uncomfortable. I don't usually talk to folks experiencing mm-hmm. homelessness, but I'd like to talk mm-hmm. to you. It's okay. It's okay to say that. So wow. that's that's wow. my that's that's the way I, I would advise it. That's really helpful. I appreciate that a lot. What Robbie, what do you see when you see a teenager on the streets? When I see these kids, I, it still breaks my heart, John. It's heartbreaking. I see, <laughs> I see a world that <laughs> I don't know. It, it, it doesn't matter where in the world this is, um, Guatemala City, Aleppo. It doesn't matter. When I see these kids, but I, I see heartbreak. But I still see hope. I still see hope. I still see future. Um, I see responsibility. You know. When I started this, I was in my 30s, and now I've made it all the way to 50. And I see this responsibility of mm. this is something that this is not right. Kids, kids shouldn't be living on the streets of any of anywhere like this. Mm. It's not just a not just a USA problem. It's a world thing, and I see responsibility. I see that 
that, that we need to do something. You know, this is something yeah. that needs to be done. Yeah. This is not something we just need to placate or grow and accept. Yeah. It, it needs to be solved. Um, children you children do not doing, need to be living on the streets. You have been doing this for, for a while. Um, right. What, 15 years? What, 15 what kept years. you from, you know, don't you get discouraged? And what what keeps you going? Man, yeah, discouraged is hard. We, as far as a, as far as a group, we put in some measures, some, some hardwired measures within our group of sabbatical time, uh, what we call mental health day time, where you can just take time. We work together as a family. Um, our staff, we we treat each other, we love each other, we're honest with each other. Personally, hmm. it, it, it's it's difficult. It is difficult. Um, it's difficult to come home and shower when it's one degrees outside. That's difficult. Uh, the encouragement comes, I mean, absolutely from, um, I would say it kind of sounds weird, but r- realizing that my theology is still a study, is still in progress. My theology is not something that I, I'm not, Locked into my theology, I'm locked into a love relationship with a triune God that loves, and I study Him, I study her, I study it, uh, whatever whatever you know pronoun I put on it. <laughs> I study that, John, and it, it's encouraging because there's a lot. If it was just my theology, my belief system says this, I'd be discouraged all the time. Because it doesn't all stand up to the to the realities that I see every day, but when i mm. when I sit back and deconstruct myself and say, "Okay, you were here when you started this, and these things affected you, and I didn't have to force my beliefs into that or push something away, but I was able to say, "This is where I am, this is what I see, this is where I need I see god and 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 approach that and and be willing to to be honest when I don't agree with what I've been taught because it doesn't match mm. up with what I see in the streets and then study that. That's really, it's helped me from being discouraged because I mean, I go back and people that knew me 15 years ago that I haven't connected with and I, they'll say, you don't seem to believe the way you used to believe. And I'm like, I couldn't So I had to stop doing this years ago. Because it does, it didn't match up to my thinking, my understanding, and it wasn't, it wasn't that I was wrong back then. I'm not. It's not a, you know, it's not dualistic black and white thinking. There, it's it's mm-hmm. this. It's a it's an ever present belief in the in a God who is active and loving and living and breathing and moving through our world today, and that's that keeps me from being discouraged. It really does. Because I see wow. it all as a place to grow closer to God. And so I'm searching. I guess wow. that's my thing. I guess that's it. I'm searching, John. And so <laughs> it's a journey. Uh, that's why I like you so much, Robbie. <laughs> <laughs> uh, ask, ask, seek, and knock. And and, and, and it still goes on. Uh, it still goes on. Yes, those are, yeah, Absolutely. Oh, it's so yeah, great. When, you get them, when I get them, well, when Robbie, I look on Facebook and John Fisher's in the hospital, 
I don't get discouraged. <laughs> I, I, I say, okay, let's keep loving. You know, I was sad. I was sad. Yeah. But I was never stopped loving. I never stopped believing. I never said, no, this isn't right. I said, let's keep going. And your dear wife yeah. writing messages and keeping us informed. and That's what this is about, the catch family, right? This is what it's about. Mm-hmm. That's right. So that's, that's, right. that's, that's why you don't get discouraged. Cool. That's why we search, John. We search. <laughs> well, that means then that we're finding. We are finding. And yes, sir. We are finding, and and we're and and the finding keeps getting new. It keeps mm-hmm. that's what keeps things new. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Okay. That's right. Well, I hate to. It's this half hour has flown by really it fast. Has. Um, what do we do? How can we connect? Uh, with what you are doing, and and uh, how can we come alongside and help you? You know, our website at drybonesdenver.org is the best way to connect. Um, we are expanding. We we just got our first ever office, John, and so we're putting in a shower cool. right now. We're still trying to do our shower and laundry, and so yeah, financially donating is always mm-hmm. a possibility. Um, there's other ways to connect. It's all on our website at drybonesdenver.org, and that's the best way to, to get in touch with me or any of the staff and read read uh, information and see videos and mm-hmm. see what's going on. Yeah, that's the number one way, absolutely. Cool. And if there's somebody coming Great. through Denver, tell them to look us up, and we can connect that way as well. We'd love to talk to that anyone. That would be great. So, yeah. Yeah. Awesome. That would be great. I- are you still, uh, by the way, doing the uh, the high country thing you're doing with kids from we, suburban areas? We do. Yeah, we call it elevations. Uh, we go in the wilderness for three or four days, and then we come in the city for three and a half days, and, uh, and then we tell them to go home and keep it going. So we've had little dry bones top, pop-ups come up with these kids' youth groups and churches mm. and yeah, we we call it a contagion. We feel like we've caught something, and it's our responsibility to spread it as far as we can. <laughs> oh gosh, that's great. Spread that that's contagion. Great. And is that? Yeah. That's pretty much during the summer. Yeah, we do that from the first week say? of June through the first week of August. Yeah, June, July, and the first week of August. Wow. Yep, they sure do. Yeah, we've that's got uh, already so got the summer in- booked. Fantastic. Yeah. So the, yeah, we bring in just, kids just from all over the country. Yeah, there you go. Kids from all over yeah. the country. From these yes, would be from most likely uh, middle class, upper upper middle class, uh, suburban homes. Yeah. Kids. Oh yeah. yeah high school kids, right? And Some, and they've yeah, never high school experienced kids. Uh, this. Mm-hmm. No, these kids come from. All over. We have some very small little uh, rural towns to um, Atlanta, Georgia, and Detroit, Michigan, mm-hmm. you know, down to, you know, little Muleshoe, Texas, you know, just <laughs> all over. Yeah, it's pretty amazing, the, the diversity of the kids that come. And then the beauty is they see the resemblance of who they are and who they can love in these street kids. And the amazing thing wow. that usually flips is the street kids show them love. And uh, right. that's when it happened. That flip happens okay. to them. Yeah. It's pretty beautiful. 
That's great. And then just think of all those all those kids in that time, you know, that time spent and and changes their perspective. And then mm-hmm. now they're all over the place. They're all they're and, everywhere. And they're they're everywhere. And oh, they're yeah. gonna be different. They're gonna go back home different. Yeah. I love did. that idea. And they they they, they become twenties wow. and thirties and they go to college different and they marry different, yeah. and and it's nothing we did. It's 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 what the, it's what they chose, and how mm. they love, and and yeah, mm-hmm. these millennial kids that are becoming these beautiful souls. You know, it's pretty amazing to me. Wow. It's still amazing. Ah, that's cool. So, that's cool. Well, Robbie, it is always a pleasure. And, yes, sir. Uh, uh, thanks, thanks for giving us a, a little bit of time to talk, and and. Uh, and for being so helpful, really. You bet. Us, I think appreciate is, it. This is great. So, awesome. uh, God bless you. Keep it up. God bless you, John. Thank um, you. Yeah, you bet. You bet. And come and, to Denver. Uh, we'll see you. <laughs> I hope. So. John. All right. Yeah, all right. Thanks, Robbie. God bless yeah, you. I'll go to you, John. Okay, there bye-bye. you go, folks. Robbie Goldman, Dry Bones, Denver. Remember, drybonesdenver.org, and that's where you can find out more about what Robbie's doing. It's a really cool thing, really cool. we got some really cool guests coming up. Keep, uh, don't, get, don't go too far. In a couple weeks, we've got Terry Glassby, who has a new book out. It's called... Um, 75 works of art that every Christian should know about. That is going to be fascinating. So, uh, talk about searching. There's some search. So, uh, God bless everybody. We'll see you next Tuesday, 6 p.m. Pacific. We'll talk about something that will change your life.